are April and Scott, creators of NaughtyGym.com, and this is The Naughty Gym Show. For years, we've been fitness and nutrition coaches to thousands of people through our commercial gyms and online platform. We've also spent nearly a decade in an ever-evolving open relationship. This show brings together two of our biggest passions, fitness and sex positivity. Our mission is to maximize the physical and mental health of anyone brave enough to explore relationship structures that run counter to societal norms. We have demolished our old ways of thinking about relationships and from that rubble built a life full of happiness, adventure, and vitality. And now we want to help you do the same. So hop on the treadmill, start the show, and let us teach you how to never stop playing. Okay, guys, before we get started on this uh, next episode of our podcast, which is also going to be a part of our YouTube series, our 10-part series, So You Want to Be a Swinger, we wanted to give a brief little message uh, before we start. Yeah, so we aren't advocating the use of drugs. We are just highlighting the fact that they are around, right? And we would rather you have education about how to use them safely than to go off on your own and be irresponsible. (laughs) So we brought in an expert, one of the best in the country, to talk to about these issues, and we hope you will find this informative and entertaining. All right, welcome to episode five, no, six now of our 10-part series, So You Want to Be a Swinger. And uh, I'm Scott, and... April. This is uh, April. Yeah, I'm April. <laughs> <laughs> and we have our guest today, uh, Ashley Manta, who is coming to our event at Hedonism in January of 2024, and she is an expert on the intersection of cannabis and sex. Welcome, Ashley. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Scott and April, <laughs> yeah, well, which, which officially makes her the canisexual, right? That's your that's, official name created by you. Um, and I want to know how you became the canisexual. Uh, April, that's such a great question. (laughs) So (laughs) I have been a sex educator since 2007. I got my start when I was still in college, um, but my focus back then was doing a lot of sexual violence prevention education. Mm -hmm. I was a rape crisis counselor, domestic violence crisis counselor. I would go out to K through 12 schools and talk about stranger danger and respectful relationships and uh, just all forms of of making sure that people felt safer in their bodies and in their relationships. Wow! And uh, it actually led me to become a victim advocate for the Philadelphia District Attorney's Office. So I was going to court every day, working with victims, helping them through the legal process. And I burned out. I, it was a really challenging line of work. I'm grateful for the experience. I'm grateful for like having some really on the ground training in trauma because so many people have trauma these days. Right. Um, but it was not sustainable for me as a career choice. So I pivoted slightly to reproductive health. I worked at Planned Parenthood for a year when I was still living in Pennsylvania. And that was great learning all about um, birth control and STIs and and how people talk about safer sex and things like that. So that was very valuable for me. And then I moved to California in 2013. And I didn't know anyone and no one knew me. <laughs> and I had access to medical cannabis for the first time ever. <laughs> having grown up in a prohibition state. And I was like, oh my God, this is such a game changer for one, just like walking into a dispensary and having so many options as opposed to like sneakily finding a dealer and being like, got any (laughs) salad, (laughs) you know, like it was so 
not stealthy, right. but kind of trying yeah. to be stealthy. <laughs> and so I started working as a phone sex operator. That was like the fastest way I could think what? of to make money quickly. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness. I've got a million questions. Was that fun? Was that, did you like I need, that? I need you to write a biography. <laughs> oh, there, there is a memoir coming. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> How long did you do um, that? The phone sex? For about nine or 10 months. Wow. That was so good, I, bad? It was a little bit of both. I learned a lot. I became very good at phone sex, which was helpful. <laughs> it was really kind of a baptism by fire. So it's like, wow. all right, you nervous about saying dirty things out loud? Here you go. Here's oh, here's wow. every day. You're just like improv because you never know what someone's going to say when you answer the phone. They might want to do um, a, an alien sex scene. They might want you to be their mistress. They might want you to be their, you know... Yeah. Naughty maid. Like you just never quite can tell. So you have to be prepared for whatever. So I learned a ton and, and it made me realize that the pleasurable side of sex was much more interesting and sustainable for me. So now I'm doing like body confidence, dirty talk classes. And meanwhile, like having my own trauma in my body and experiencing pain with penetration, which is something that I had, had uh, lived with my entire adult life. Mm -hmm. And then there was a company that was putting THC into a topical to put on your pussy. Really? And that blew my mind. And, <laughs> and I tried it. I, I met with their marketing rep and, and we went to this beautiful bar in Beverly Hills and she bought me drinks and handed me this little vial of, of THC oil. That's like, go home. That's how you get in trouble right there. That's, right? that's how you end up in the back of a van. Oh my God. I was like, I am in California now. Like yeah. this, this is a business meeting. Okay, cool. <laughs> She's like, put this on your pussy, wait 20 minutes and then masturbate. And I'm like, I have made all of the correct life choices to lead <laughs> to this place right now. Excellent. So I did. And I was able to experience penetration without pain for the first time. Wow. Oh, wow. And now can I ask you a question oh, real quick? Please. And this may be too personal, but because there are a lot of women that deal with pain because of penetration for whatever reasons, you know, um, PCOS or, mm -hmm. you know, endometriosis. endometriosis, was that part of your, you had some medical issues or it was just, that's how you're built? No, mine was sexual trauma, okay. which is also very common yes. for people who are uh, sexual violence survivors to have pain with penetration. Okay. Yeah. And so for me, it was, it was my, my brain was clenching down every time penetration sure. was happening. And so the THC allowed my body to kind of relax yeah. a little bit and enjoy what was happening. And I kind of looked Amazing. around the the field of sexuality and realized I didn't know any sex professionals who were talking about sex and cannabis. Up to that point, most of us had been very hard line, like you don't mix substances and sex because consent. Right. Like all the things that I spent the first part of my career like railing against, like sex and substances are very different things that happen. And I realized with cannabis, there's nuance to be had. So mm -hmm. Canisexual was born. That's and so, amazing. And so you're going to talk about some of this stuff, um, especially particularly the intersection of cannabis and sex at our yeah. event at uh, Hedonism in January next year, which we're super excited about. You're going to be doing a keynote address. I don't even know if you know that yet, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm so excited. <laughs> and you're also going to be doing you're going to talk about um, some other uh, potential party type drugs that we'll we'll hit yeah. we'll hit here in a minute and and uh, maybe doing some of those educational type uh, hands on we'll call it hands on seminars. Uh, <laughs> My boyfriend is so excited <laughs> to be the demo. Yeah, I know. I know you what mentioned a great the, position the, to be in. <laughs> the possibility of doing like poolside blowjob classes or something, which I'm incredibly yes. excited for the women to learn. 
uh, while we're there. I thought maybe I should take that class too. I don't know. You know, I'll, I think it's you not should. Also, idea. I'll be doing poolside prostate stimulation classes. So it's, there's really something for everyone. Scott volunteers. Yeah, yeah, I'll volunteer for that. Uh, yeah, so we're excited that you're going to be there. The, the team, and you've helped us put together uh, a fantastic team yeah. of people that are going to this. It's going to be incredibly exciting. Um, all right, so you you rubbed it on your pussy, and you had great penetrative intercourse for the first time. Yes. But I don't think that's it, right? As far as your expertise, uh, it's not just about topical uh, solutions. It's about other ways of integrating it into your sex life. So I want to say that we have uh, experimented (laughs) with cannabis in different forms, smoking, gummies, that kind of thing. Only, of course, in places where it's totally legal. Uh, I say that for anybody listening. Um, Mm -hmm. I have trouble staying conscious on basically any strain of marijuana and maybe I'm taking too much or the wrong stuff, but I've tried a lot of different strains. Is that just my biological makeup or am I doing it wrong? How do you use this stuff for sex and it and stay energized? So it is a little bit different for everyone, but I subscribe deeply to the philosophy that less is more. So I'm not sure how much you're using. I mean, edibles, honestly, I tend to put to the side because they do tend to be a downer no matter what you're using. Like I have seen advertised like sativa edibles. That's bullshit. We'll talk about why later. But it's unless they're putting caffeine in it, there is nothing about any particular kind of edible that is going to give you energy. So that's always going to be a downer. Smoking. I would say a puff, just like one, like a little and exhale right away and wait 10 minutes and see how you feel and then add more if you so choose. But if Mm. you're like puffing along, you're going to get tired. There's there's a window with THC and and inside the window, you're good. And outside the window, you're not having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So is there a difference between smoking? And I don't know if I'm using the right terms because I'm such a a novice about this stuff. A rolled joint versus vaping. Yes. Okay. So which one would give you potentially a better energized feeling or does it matter? It's, it really depends on the person. Like, I know I keep saying that, but it it is, everyone's a little bit different. I tend to not like the vape cartridges as much. It's more processed. Um, It tends to have more like shit in it, depending on who you're getting it from. So I tend to be a more of a flower purist the smoking of a joint or, or uh, packing a bowl or what have you. And then in terms of that, it, it depends on the terpene content and and the THC content. So like how, what the, the breakdown of cannabinoids and terpenes is. Terpenes are the things that make plants smell the way that they do. Cannabinoids are THC, CBD, CBN, THCV, like all of those different compounds. All right. Well, let me give and you- how they work best with your body. Let me give you a specific example. I think April should tell yes. this story, but we were going to experiment because we were, we were at Hedonism several months back and we already, <laughs> we already knew you were coming. And uh, we had, I don't think to, at that point had ever had sex while we were high on marijuana. Okay. So we decided that night uh, that we were going to mostly because Scott falls asleep immediately. Yeah. So <laughs> we were going to try it that night because usually when we do it, we're at home and in bed, and so it's just conducive to going to sleep. But we were going to be at the sure. party that night. Um, so I went to the uh, Hito Wido store because it's legal in Jamaica. They have a store on site, and yeah. uh, I said, "I want, I want what you have." Uh, we were getting a flower. Is that what you call it? A roll mm-hmm. joint. Yeah. And I said, but I want the weakest strain you have that will give us mm-hmm. the least amount of sleepiness. 
He said, all right, this is the weakest, this is the least concentration we have. Uh, it's sativa. You're going to be fine. So April, pick it up from there. Five minutes before the party or the entertainment yeah. of the night started. So yeah, we go outside, we take a few little hits, nothing, you know, really bad. And I've had some history with it. Um, we start walking into the room where the entertainment, the show is going to happen. Get to a table, sit down. Scott says, do you want a drink? I said, yeah, you know, I'll have a champagne. He goes to the bar and is gone for what feels like four hours. <laughs> In that time, <laughs> I'm sitting down and cannot move because I was so afraid I was going to fall out of my chair. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, just act normal, smile. I, I don't even, I can't even imagine what my face must have looked like. I was terrified. I'm like, where, he's abandoned me. He's left me. I'm here no. with all the, everybody's staring at me. And so he comes back eventually. I'm like, oh my God, why did you leave me? He's like, I've been gone for four minutes. <laughs> I'm like, you have to take me back to the room. There was and so he starts leaving and I'm like, no, 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 come get me. <laughs> you have to come back and get me. So I literally walked to the bar where there was no line. I walked straight to the bar. I said, what do you want? I said, I want a shot of vodka, Diet Coke, and a glass of champagne. And he immediately poured it. I immediately walked back to the table. And she is sitting upright, holding on to the sides of her chair. And when she saw me coming, instead of turning to look at me, she did one of these where she's She's too afraid to even turn her head because she was afraid she was going to fall out of the chair. Yeah. And I had to literally, I had to hook up under her arms to get her to walk back to the room. And we took one or two little drags off of that marijuana cigarette. Needless to say, we didn't have sex. We, <laughs> we missed the whole party the rest of the night. We did get snacks. <laughs> yeah, we got snacks. <laughs> so help us out. Make us better okay. marijuana users. <laughs> All right. So first things first, um, I never test a strain in the the game. You always test in practice. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good, good <laughs> right? So this this is not a, a game time audible to use sports metaphors for Scott, okay. right? Like this is this you. is something that you practice with over like a couple of times in the room when you're solo, you know, to yeah. kind of see how it goes. That's one thing. Two is you start with one hit. One yeah. small hit, that's it. And and it feels like it's like you want to sip on a drink all night, just like you want to smoke on a joint or like they right. smoke a cigarette. So it's it's a completely different experience than smoking a cigarette. You have to just take that's it. <laughs> the other thing is I don't mix alcohol and cannabis. Okay, that's good the to know too. That's probably smart. It is very unpredictable. It exacerbates each exacerbates the effects of the other, and okay. so I generally you got to pick a lane. Either you're drinking or you're smoking. But if you're crossfading, I certainly would not be having sex because at that yeah. point you are much too intoxicated right. to be like making good decisions. And so that's the other piece. Like if you don't know how something's going to hit you, and now you're going to a party, like you, April, would have been in no position to negotiate for yourself in that environment. Right. Right. right? I like, agree. Yeah. So it's good to have a sense going in of this is how much I need and this is what's going to what it's going to do for me when I do it and so I can kind of time it appropriately. So it does take a little bit more legwork than just sipping on a cocktail. All right, okay. so if you're planning on having sex, you shouldn't mm -hmm. it sounds like you should not approach smoking with the idea of I'm about to get really high, 
because no. you probably crossed the line at that point. It's more of like just yes. a just a bit to take the edge off kind of thing. Exactly. Okay. Well, we've been yeah. we've been doing that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If if you're high, if in, unless you are a seasoned, like you know what your high feels like. High feels good to you. Like you're solid. You can cruise at that altitude. Now, you want to just enough to get out of your head to do that time distortion where four minutes sounds feels like four hours because that feels really good when you're being touched. It's like, oh, you've been touching me forever, but it hasn't been that long. And that's a, that's a fun thing to surf <laughs> yeah, through. That but fun. like that at an better. event, that's a little dicey. So you want to just enough to make yourself feel comfortable and social and friendly and giggly and like, oh, like, mm, that's nice. Oh, that's nice is where you want to be. Okay. Not, oh, fuck. Well, and, and right, we bring yeah. this up. Uh-oh. You know, we wanted, we wanted to talk to you about this because yes. um, this, this series of uh, interviews are about kind of giving people uh, a, an overview of the types of things to expect, how to navigate first getting started in some form of open relationship, consensual non-monogamy, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. None of this stuff obviously is required for your journey into non-monogamy. However, if you, if you go to enough things, events, parties, uh, you're probably going to see it and you're probably going to be approached by people nicely asking you if you want, you know, Hey, would you like a hit or would you like some of this other stuff that we'll talk about as well? It seems like marijuana in particular has uh, rapidly grown in popularity over the last few years that it's becoming less stigmatized and, and more accepted into mainstream culture. Is that what you're seeing as well? And do you have some Absolutely. insight on why that might be? I mean, it's definitely happening. I would say legalization sweeping the country is helping a lot because more people have access to it now. And because of that, there's more people talking about it, you know, whereas I was one of the very few, arguably one of the first in 2014, 2015 to be talking about sex and cannabis. Now there's a bunch of people talking about it. And yeah. and and there's vape companies and there's trade shows and there's all sorts of like different ways you can be in the cannabis industry. And, and so it's become much more normalized. It's being represented in popular media now. It's not uncommon to see celebrities smoking weed. So people feel a little bit less like, Oh man, it's the devil's lettuce, you know, <laughs> this, this like gross racist prohibition era bullshit that like we had the, a lot of stigma around cannabis use. Now it's like, oh, CEOs smoke weed. So I guess it's like not so scary. Right. Yeah. But is it dangerous? That's what I, I grew up. We're, we're in Alabama, deep South. I grew up uh, thinking that if I smoked it, I was probably addicted. And once I did it three times, I was probably dead. So how, oh, goodness. how I mean, how dangerous is this stuff? Can you overdose, um, you know? You cannot. You cannot possibly consume enough, certainly smoking, to overdose. Um, even if you ate a shit ton of edibles, it's not enough to kill you. You'll feel real shitty. You might wish that you were dead, but you will not actually right. die. Um, it's it's just not a deadly substance. Like, that is one of the pieces of propaganda that was put out that, like, oh, it's going to kill you. It's Or you're going to smoke it, and the next thing you know, you're going to be shooting heroin. Like, that, it's a gateway drug. That's not true either. In fact, people right. that smoke weed are actually less likely to do other drugs because it feels so damn good. Like, right. it's just – you don't need anything else. Like, I stopped drinking eight years ago. Because when now that I smoke, I don't get hangovers. I feel great. It's more social. My body yeah. feels better, and and so there's just there's not the the danger that you're told that cannabis can be. So it is impossible to overdose. You're cool. 
You've been lied to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I tend to sleep pretty well on it. April, maybe not quite as well. Would that be, is that fair, April? You don't sleep that well on it, do you? No, I don't sleep. I don't sleep real great on it. Is that because she's taking the wrong type or I I guess it's hard to say, isn't it? It's hard to say. Everyone's a little bit different. And the one thing kind of across the board that cannabis does, which I like, is that it makes you dream less or less vividly, Mm -hmm. which I see as a feature, not a bug. But some people are like, oh, I miss my dreams. Like when I smoke (laughs) weed, I don't. I have nightmares. So this I'm like, oh, every night I'm like, (laughs) yeah, that can be bad. It's, It's no fun. But it depends on your tolerance. It depends on on what you're consuming. It depends on how much. Like there's there's a lot of of factors in terms of sleep. Edibles tend to be better for sleep than I mean, there's certain strains that can be great for sleep, but it, it does vary pretty widely. And as always, less is more. Like you don't need right. to smoke yourself into a stupor. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So th- that all kind of takes us back to so in Alabama. Um, marijuana is not legal. However, we can buy the Delta eight variant. So can you, do you know the difference or can you tell us the difference between the different strands and why that might be legal here and not the Delta nine or any other variants? Sure. So it's all a lot of legal jargon and, and technical bullshit, but the, the short, very broad, basic version is that there is this thing called the Farm Bill, and in 2018, um, they legalized hemp not just for commercial use, but also for um, can be used recreationally. And hemp is, by definition, it's cannabis. Cannabis and hemp are the same, except hemp to to receive the designation of hemp, it has to have less than 0.3 percent THC by dry weight. Okay. So, what that means is like. When the plant is growing out of the ground, if you were to pick a bud off of the plant, chew it, swallow it, eat it, nothing would happen because it's uh, THC in the acid form, THCA. When you heat it, it becomes delta-9 THC. That's the one that is illegal. That's right. the one in, in various states. That's the one that gets you high or that you most typically associate with the high ex- uh, feeling. What they found is that they can play with hemp plants that only make the 0.3% THC and they do some chemical wizardry to turn it into Delta 8, which is technically not regulated. So it's in sort of a regulatory gray area. I don't fuck with Delta 8 or Delta 11 or Delta 10 or any of these like designer THC varietals um, because what you're doing is you're chemically fucking with the plant. Okay. At that point, like there are there are ways of extracting THC and different things like that. But like the things that you have to do to it to make it Delta eight, I'm not wild about. I tend to be like either you want (laughs) to use the plant. So go somewhere that you can or just don't. Mm -hmm. But that's for me, not too much different than like buying it at a a gas station, you know, back in the day when it was like K2 spice, like they're not quite as bad, but I side eye Delta eight pretty hard personally. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, I've got some stock I might need to get rid of. Yeah, get rid of that. Well, so I can say that may be why I'm not sleeping really well, too, because I've had other gummies from California Mm -hmm. where I slept wonderful. 
And it could be the way that they extract it and whatever chemicals and stuff are in there that is kind of messing with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. So I can see how this would be beneficial then in a lifestyle situation if you get the dose right, where you just knock the edge off barely. Because a lot of times, especially if you're new coming into these parties, resorts, takeovers, whatever, it is a nerve wracking experience you know, that first time, first few times that you go and maybe just a touch for the same reason a lot of people have a drink or two mm-hmm. as to try to uh, give them a little bit of that courage that they're missing uh, without it. Yeah. So here's the thing. I think sex and cannabis are great to mix together in an established relationship. I don't actually recommend it with new partners. Ah, okay. Um, And, you know, lifestylers may may look at me and be like what the fuck that's not fun and but hear me out honestly i don't recommend having more than a drink and playing with new partners because when you're with someone new you don't know them you may have negotiated hopefully you've negotiated yeah. but like you don't know what their body does when they're not having a good time you don't have the trust built that they will speak up if something needs to be different and when you throw an intoxicant on top of that you're just asking for trouble yeah so Use topicals, use suppositories, use things that are non-intoxicating by all means. Um, You know, smoke a little bit and play with your partner in a group setting, you know, where you can watch and be watched. That's super hot and fun. But like to smoke and then go in and play with somebody who's new, who may be new to the lifestyle, like that's just a lot of variables that coming from a sexual violence prevention background, I don't love. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's dip, it's difficult to, when you're first starting to navigate this environment. Anyway. Right. Exactly. Well, it's difficult even if you're not new in this environment. Yeah. Um, and I know I've come back to that. A lot of women um, struggle to use their voice. Anyways, I did for years and I think I'm a pretty alpha woman in most scenarios. And it was really difficult for me to use my voice in a lot of play sessions sober. (laughs) Um, And so I can imagine under the influence, it's a lot harder. And I mean, do you really have consent if the person that you're playing with is inebriated or super high or, you know, whatever, it's not really a consent that's the thing. Like my golden rule has always been negotiate before you medicate. So if you're going into a new situation already buzzed and you meet someone and now you're trying to negotiate while you're both buzzed, like, no, you can't consent. Right. Legally cannot consent. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, so let's talk about other things that people are likely to encounter at some of these parties. Sure. Uh, A very common one would be MDMA, Mm -hmm. ecstasy. I don't know if those are exact. I don't think they're exactly the same, but they're very close. Um, Ketamine is another big one. Mm -hmm. Psilocybin or mushrooms, Mm -hmm. a big one. LSD, Mm -hmm. a big one. All of those things sound like uh, felony jail time things to a guy raised in Alabama. I think some of those are. I hear that. Uh, Right. And they're illegal here, so you can't do them in Alabama anyway. But uh, you're going to see these things uh, at at some parties. And we're not trying to scare people that are very anti-drug or anti-alcohol that, you know, people are very respectful about it. But those types of things exist in these environments. What is your overview of these types of psychedelics, are they good uh, for sexual encounters? Can they be if done the right way or they should be avoided at all costs? Yeah. Just give us kind of your opinion. Absolutely. So I do come from a risk management 
perspective. Um, so yes, I believe they can be good when done well, when done intentionally. Um, mushrooms, I think, are are one of the most beginner friendly because there's so many like microdose options now. And I think a microdose is a great place to start. Like you don't need to be tripping balls the first time you do mushrooms. Like that's not necessary. <laughs> Certainly not in a partnered or or group sex setting like that. With the other drugs, with LSD, with MDMA, with ketamine, anything that's powdery or or um that you're getting in a tab form, you need to be able to test that. Like we live in a fentanyl world yeah. and and especially the powders like MDMA and ketamine, cocaine, um, you need to be testing your drugs. Mm -hmm. And so that means if you see some hottie at a party and they're like, do you want to do a bump off my ass? The answer is no. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. It seems like a great idea. You're at this thing. Everything is like wild and free. No. Right. Risk management. Like, well, and it's not even that that person is a bad person. No. And is trying to give you something bad, but sometimes no. they may not be testing their stuff. Exactly. And that's, I mean, just putting your life at risk, essentially. It is. It is. Um, I would encourage everyone to carry um, fentanyl test strips with them when they travel. If they're going to be going to places where there will be different kind of powdery drugs, um, keep Narcan in your purse, in your bag, in your what is suitcase. That? What's Narcan? Narcan is um, a thing to reverse an opiate overdose. So if someone does happen to get some fentanyl, if you apply Narcan, it can revive them. Because um, sometimes they'll, they will literally die before like paramedics right. can show up. So Narcan yeah. can help keep them alive. Um, and and get a watch a YouTube video on how to give someone Narcan. Like you can buy it over the counter and just keep it with you. Like that's a really good practice to have when you're going yeah. into any kind of party drug setting. Um, and and that's why I like mushrooms because nobody's putting fentanyl in mushrooms. Like that just right. doesn't that doesn't happen. So, because um, you're you're looking at an actual fungi. <laughs> like, yeah, there's nowhere. <laughs> right. Um, or they're like in gummy form or chocolate form. So, you know, you're not snorting things. Whereas, you know, with, with Coke or with ketamine, all it takes is like literally this much fentanyl to overdose. So it's, you've really got to be careful. Well, let's talk about a hypothetical here. Sure. I'm just going to make a person up. This person's name is not Scott. <laughs> okay. So it's hypothetical. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, if this person that was not Scott tried uh, some small doses of mushrooms, he might feel elated and in a great mood. Yeah. If it gets too high of a dose, he might start hallucinating and maybe not feel quite as energetic and sexual. Yeah. However, if this same not Scott person uh, were to take a dose of MDMA or ecstasy, it might be very, very different. Sometimes those drugs can really affect how sexual and aggressive you feel in these party environments, Yes, which can be really, really good. Uh -huh. Or really, really bad, maybe depending on your environment. So let's talk about that drug in particular, uh, MDMA or ecstasy, or the differences sure. between those two things and how you might can safely use them. Yeah, um, absolutely. So this not Scott person, right. <laughs> bless him, bless them. We don't know their gender. It's, right. it's not Scott. They them. It's a they. <laughs> they them. Yeah. Um, there are differences between MDMA and ecstasy. MDMA is is the pure compound. Um, ecstasy is usually MDMA typically laced with something else. It, it's, it's stepped on 
as they say in the drug world. It's so maybe there's some coke in it, maybe there's some meth in it, maybe there's some heroin in it. Like you never quite know with ecstasy. It's it's more of a mixed bag. Um, whereas MDMA is it can be hard to get the pure form. Um it but it's it's has minimal hangover the next day. You typically can only get it from someone who is like a therapist or a medical professional. Like it's it's harder to get to like that therapeutic grade MDMA. Very, very difficult to find. Uh, Ecstasy tends to be a little bit speedier because it's almost always cut with some sort of stimulant. Um, And so when you get that like kind of racy, you're grinding your teeth, you're like, Mm -hmm. you're, you feel good, but you're also a little jittery. Like that's, that's more ecstasy. Um, I've had both. I strongly prefer MDMA personally. I have heard that there are actual psychologists, like doctors that are able to prescribe that. Is that true or not? That is MDMA true. for therapy. Yes. Um, typically, right now, it's more in, in clinical trial settings. Yeah. Um, but MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic uh, Studies, just had a huge conference in Colorado like a week and a half ago. And they had over like 12,000 people descend wow. upon Denver and... Like it's, it's getting big and and therapists were there and they were getting continuing education credits. So like it's, it's coming and and we're moving toward a place where it's going to get rescheduled so that people can prescribe it. Um, medical doctors can prescribe it. Therapists can't prescribe anyway, but they can work with a psychiatrist who's an MD who can prescribe. Um, so we are, that window is going to happen in the next, I would say year or two. That's awesome. We've been reading up on, the medical and therapeutic uses of MDMA and psilocybin and marijuana. And it's just incredible. The therapeutic uses, I mean, the things that people can overcome trauma and depression. And I mean, just so many useful benefits for this. It's absurd that it's criminalized. Well, it's it's going to put a dent in the pharmaceutical industry, (laughs) which is of course what they don't want. Um, Yeah. And, you know, all of that is to say, this is why I'm no fun at parties. I love psychedelics, but I do not recommend them with strangers Yeah, or in in a party setting. Like when I teach about sex in altered states, the people that I'm teaching are people who are in relationships with people that they trust. Mm -hmm. And there are sort of stages that you go through of, okay, we're going to do whatever substance it is in a non-sexual setting first. We're going to do it together. We're going to see how we feel. We're going to, you know, go outside, look at pretty pictures, you know, dance to the lights, whatever. And then the next time we're going to do a little bit of sex. Like it's it's, it's a an incremental process in in getting to the point where you can like do a full trip and fuck the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And now microdosing is a little bit different. Like if you're doing a super low dose where, you know, if you think uh a starting the trip level of psilocybin or mushrooms is like one, one and a half grams. A microdose is between 0.1 and 0.3 grams or like one okay. to 300 milligrams. So tiny amounts. The whole idea of microdosing it is that it is sub-perceptual where you, you feel a little like relaxed and kind of pleasant but not tripping at all you can still right. have conversations yeah you're not hallucinating things you're don't not hallucinating distorted. yeah you might you might feel a little bit just like oh that's nice again that's <laughs> that's what we're going for the oh, right that's nice yeah um, <laughs> but you know if you are if you're rolling if you're on like a full mdma roll and you're like all right time to go to the neon party at hito like let's hook up with some hotties 
maybe don't. Yeah. Maybe just <laughs> stay with your partner and, and fuck in a public place. Be don't safe. Play with other people. Yeah. Because are you thinking about safer sex? Are you thinking about, you know, consent? Are you thinking about your relationship agreements right. in those moments? Well, and if your partner is also doing that, then you don't have a safe person exactly. to help guide you. Yeah. So having, yeah, having a safe or a trip sitter, I yes. think is what they call it, is uh, safe. Yes. All right. Well, all right. So good. So we've got some, <laughs> we've got some notes there on things that we might should adjust, but um, yeah. And we're going to, and hopefully you'll be able to talk uh, in more depth about each of those substances Absolutely. at Hedo. People will be able to pin you down and ask you questions there because you're yes. trapped for a week with us. Uh, <laughs> oh no. Do you have a preference? Cause um, psilocybin or um, marijuana for sex? it's not an either or it's a depends on what you're going for. Um, okay. Because cannabis is a much shorter window, <laughs> you know, you're high for an hour or two versus four to right. six hours. I think, okay. especially in like a hedo type environment, that's going to be a little bit better. Unless again, you're, you're microdosing and then it doesn't matter right. as much. But like, if you're like, Oh, you know, do I want to trip on mushrooms and have sex? Or do I want to use cannabis and have sex while I'm in Jamaica? Yeah. If you're doing mushrooms, plan to be in your room for the next four and a half to six <laughs> hours. Like, right. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's just going to cut down on your your time. And, and you know, yeah. you want to do lots of things. You want to swim. You want to work out. You want to party. Yeah. Well, Good. so is it is it, it it is legal if you live in the States, mm-hmm. say in Alabama, but travel to a state where it's legal. It's legal to do it in that state. Correct. Sure. But yes. it's not legal to buy it in that state, bring it back to your home state and do it there. Correct? Correct. Is it even legal to transport it from state to state? Technically, no. Because if you're crossing state lines, that is now a federal thing and it's only legal within the confines of the state. What if you had marijuana and took it to Jamaica? Is that illegal? Oh, you definitely don't well, want to do that. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, are you gonna- so let's talk about international <laughs> just, law. I'm just asking for the new for the no. new people. <laughs> Did you see my face go like, oh fuck? Yeah. No. I know. Mine so, too. I'm like, wait. Customs will take your ass to federal prison. Don't I'm like, do is that. Scott asking this for Scott? Just for the new people. Just for the new people, you know. Yeah. Do not bring weed across international borders. Do not bring any or any, any drug drug across federal <laughs> international borders. Like when I go to Canada, here's a perfect example. I went to visit my boyfriend in who lives in Canada in March. I flew into Buffalo, so he drove across the border from Toronto to come get me in New York and then drove me back over. Before he crossed the border, where it is legal in Canada, he took his weed out of his car, stashed it at like a gas station behind a pole, drove across the border, <laughs> picked me up, and then drove back and went and got it. Like, you just don't cross yeah. international borders with drugs. Yeah. Okay. No. Because <laughs> if, I don't know if you like to be raped in prison, but that's how it happens. <laughs> you do not want to have to deal with, with prison or or the fines oh, that they will slap you with if you okay. do that. All right. Me- or the no-fly list. Yeah. Me- oh, yeah. Well, that's good. All right. Good, good information. So don't buy it. <laughs> don't buy it at, J- at Hito Wido in Jamaica and then bring and it try back to take it home with Alabama. you. Nope. Yeah. Don't do that either. Yeah. Smoke no. it all there. Yeah. Oh, or, or give, yeah. Give it away. Give it away. <laughs> Bury it. Do whatever you got to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, uh, so uh, do you have any other ideas about, and we can edit this out if we need to, but 
Uh, do you have any other ideas about things that you're wanting to do other than drug related stuff at yeah. uh, Hito? <laughs> Tell us Hell what yes. you've got. Give us uh, <laughs> give us some uh, uh, sneak peek, at some ideas you might have. Fuck yeah. So one of the things that I do want to teach is hand sex. So I am the queen of hand jobs and pussy massage. And so um, I'm planning on using my boyfriend as a, a demo cock and giving my like epic hand job lessons and then let him show you on me how to do like really good pussy massage because he's excellent yes. and I can talk you through what he's doing. So we're going to do lots of that kind of skill building. I'm going. Yeah. So can we do that poolside at the Fuck new yeah. pool? Yeah, we can do whatever you want. Okay, I like he's, it. Yeah, that's he's good. such a show off. He's like delighted that we're gonna get to like go be like center of attention, having sexy times together. So we're gonna do that. Um, prostate stimulation <laughs> and anal play is another thing that I love to teach because so many people do anal badly, and I want people to enjoy. Yeah. Anal. I spent most of my life being what I would consider like anal avoidant, where I'm like, do not stick it in my ass. Absolutely not. It hurts. I don't like it. Blah. And then I slept with someone who is an expert in anal, who actually wrote the book on prostate stimulation. And I was like, oh, anal can be amazing, but you have to do yeah. it right. And so yeah. now that I know how to do it right, I want more people to know how to do it right. And I love playing with I want to know how to do it right. <laughs> like <laughs> prostates are so much fun to play with. And um, I had a date with a new lover last night and he's like, I've had some like terrible experiences with people just like sticking a finger in my ass, like without conversation. And I'm like, hey. No, <laughs> sweetheart. No, <laughs> I don't want to brag. I think I am great at prostate play. Yeah. Scott can, he likes yeah. it, but I need to look like, I want to like anal so bad, but I just don't. <laughs> so you'll have to teach. I got me. you. I, my workshop is actually called from anal avoid it to butt slut. <laughs> That's perfect. Yes. So oh, that's, I want that. That want one that for title. sure. And then Dirty Talk. Oh, I love yeah. teaching Dirty Talk because it's really just sexual yes. communication. Yeah. That, like, would also, oh, yeah. that would also be great at the pool over the yeah. PA system. Right. <laughs> All right. Now slowly take your clothes off. <laughs> well, everybody will already be naked, but okay. <laughs> Slowly I'm massage yeah. your nipples. <laughs> yeah, that voice got me. <laughs> right? Well, this is going to be so much fun. Uh, we are just under six months away now from uh, the first day of this thing. So yeah. it's, it's getting it's getting close. And we are going to uh, launch our app uh, for the event on August 1st, which will bring... Every September 1st. Oh, yeah. Sorry. sorry. September, September. Yeah, that's right. September 1st. Which so that everybody that's going can come in there and get to know each other. You'll have profiles and we can chat and communicate and you guys can get in there and interact if you want. And then on, I think it's November 1st is when we will do our little virtual online teaser, teaser summit yeah. with all of our presenters. You guys, the whole team will be in there for uh, all of the people going. It will be free. Uh, but for anybody that's not going, but it'll, there'll be a little fee if they wanted to charge and be a part of it. So uh, that's that's yeah. coming soon as well. So we're excited. Amazing. Well, Ashley, we appreciate you being uh, here again. Can't wait to uh, see you here in about six months in paradise. And I can't wait. Fun. And, you know, as a sex and relationship coach, if you want to do sessions with me, like coaching sessions while 
we're in Jamaica. I am available for that. It is, it's a, an add on. You will have to pay for that. But, but I, you know, I do sessions, Shannon, Dr. Shannon Chavez, who you, you guys just had on, we do sessions together and, and they are not hands-on sessions. It's just talking. But if you want some experts to come in and like really help up level your game, you know, it's a great chance to get some one-on-one time with us. Yes. And that will be available on the app where they can book straight with you guys, your time in that app to make it easier for them. Until then though, can you tell everybody where they can find you right now? You absolutely can find me on Instagram at canasexual. My website is canasexual.com. That's C-A-N-N-A-S-E-X-U-A-L. I do offer coaching to uh, clients, either women or couples virtually through Zoom. So it doesn't matter where you live, you can work with me. And then Shannon and I do uh, concierge coaching. So we will actually fly, well, you will fly us to wherever you are <laughs> and and we'll do like work with you for a weekend or a week. Or, you know, if you want to kind of have a deep dive experience where you don't have time for weekly sessions because you're busy, you're an entrepreneur, you've got like crazy stuff going on, but you can dedicate a few intense days. We offer that as well. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. What a great service. All right, guys. And if you want to get to meet her in person, join us at Hedonism Resort, January 6th through the 13th. Ashley Manta, Shannon Chavez, Luna Matata, Kate Gordon. We've got all kinds of experts. Super all-star team. Um, But book now because it's filling up And you can go to either our website and look for the Be Better at Being Bad Week. That's the name of the week. Uh, The link is there. Or you can go directly to Hito's website because you will need to book directly through their website. So uh, that's great. All right, Ashley, thank you so much. And we will talk to you soon. 